night group that was here, we were talking about a little thing called territory. And what did we learn? It's not about you, it's about the territory. And so that I can catch up everybody else here on Sunday morning, I'm going to do a little bit of a Friday night recap. And I'm going to tell you that it's not about you this morning. It's not about your family this morning. It's about the territory. You wonder why that there are generational curses. Why there are daddies that are alcoholics, there are sons that are alcoholics, there are grandsons that are alcoholics, there are great-grandsons that are alcoholics, there are daughters that are dope addicts, there are granddaughters that are dope addicts, there are great granddaughters that are dope addicts, there are sons that like to fight and hit, there are grandsons that like to fight and hit, it's because it's not about them, it's about the territory. Take it over. It's not about who you are. It's about where you are inhabiting. Because the only way for the devil to possess the land if he, is if he possesses those that have dominion over the land. And the last time that I checked, God gave man dominion over the land. So the only way for the devil to possess the land is if he possesses the things that have dominion over the land. That's why it's not about you. It's about the territory. Hallelujah. It's not about what you're doing. It's not about the sin that you're committing. It's about the deceiver that's getting you to walk into the lie that you were told that you could be convinced to commit it. Hallelujah. Because it ain't about you. It's about the land that you walk on. It's about everywhere that your feet step, there's a gospel of peace being spread. Everywhere that your mouth is open, there's a testimony of Jesus Christ that can be mentioned. Everywhere that you decide to be at, that you can own and possess the room because you've been given dominion and authority through the Holy Ghost to attain those things that are exceedingly and abundantly and more than you can ever think or imagine by the prophecy of your own somebody catch hold of this by the prophecy of your own mouth that you can prophesy into your life the success or the failure of your own predestined determination because my Bible tells me that the power of life and death is in the tongue and that whatever I shall speak out that's so that I shall have and whatsoever that I would profess that's soever that I should attain somebody get a hold of this message this morning Hallelujah. So it's not about me. It's about the territory. It's not about my anointing. It's not about my calling. It's not about my mantle. It's about the mantle that was placed on me and the one that did the placement. It's about the one that did the calling, not the one doing the answering. I said it's not about the one that did the answering. It's about the one that did the calling. Some of you wonder why you are shipwrecked, dissolute, and messed up. Some of you wonder why you've been knocked down, drug out, and slung around. Some of you are trying to figure out why it is that everything you seem to touch lately seems to fall apart. Why every prayer that you're trying to pray seems to be stifled by some kind of obstacle. Why you keep waking up in the middle of the night? Why you keep packing food in your mouth and you're still hungry? 
Why you keep reading more books and you don't know anything else and haven't learned anything more? Why you keep listening to message after message after message and you're still feeling empty inside? God is purposely making you uncomfortable to take you to a place you have never been. And the same old word and the same old manna is going to rot inside your belly and get stale upon the ground. And he's asking you to get out of your tent and go outside and get some fresh manna. Somebody say fresh manna this morning. See, that manna that came down from heaven was only good for one day. And it lasted that one day. And some of you have got jars full of dead manna hanging up inside your household. And you try to open it up and eat it. And it has turned to dust. And when you try to bite a hold of it, it is like sand in your mouth. It may be the manna of God, but it's not the fresh manna of God. It may be the word of God, but it's not the revelation of God. It may be something that worked for somebody else in their time, but it's not what you need for you in your time. Yes, yes. Hallelujah. Yeah. Hallelujah. That's why you need to have a personal, intimate, in-depth relationship with God Almighty so that you can have fresh manna every single day. Somebody get a hold of this thing this morning. I ain't even cracked open the book yet. God taking me somewhere totally different. Hallelujah. See, you can read the same scripture every single day and you will get a me different meaning out of it every single day because God is, has a living word. These are not dead letters written upon a dead page laying inside of a dead book. This is a living word written upon a living page written upon the tablets of your heart so that every time that you open up this book, you have the opportunity to get a hold of a life-living, breathing accelerating powerful God that's going to change everything that you are doing with your day but you've got to get into where you're looking into his eyes you've got to get into where you're looking at him intimately intimacy means into me you see into me you see so you've got to say, Lord God, into me, you see, I am naked and laid open and I can't hide a thing from you. Everything that I have done and everything that I'm about to do, you have already seen and you have already forgiven. Everything that I have done, everything that I am about to do, you have already seen and you have already forgiven. Hallelujah. Somebody catch a hold of that forgiveness this morning. Because it's not about you. It's about the territory that you stand on. It's about taking back dominion over a certain land. Amen. Now the Lord come upon me. And he says, it's time to pick up something. I said, what are we picking up? He says, that thing that you left behind. I said, I don't like it. It's heavy. He says, I didn't tell you that it wasn't heavy. I said, Lord, I don't want to pick it up. It's, it's hard. He said, I didn't say that it was easy. I said, pick it up. Woo! For the Spirit is subject to the prophet, and the prophet, there is also subject to the Spirit. 
That means that there's a two-way street going on right here with this anointing. That means that everything that comes out of my mouth, I better be subject to the Spirit when I say it, lest this prophet would suffer if I don't open my mouth. Hallelujah. I might step on your toes this morning. I might even offend you. I could even get you to the point where you might feel convicted about your walk. But it's not about you. It's about the territory. It's not about what you're doing. It's not about what you've done. It's about the change that the Spirit of God came in through that door. Woo! It's about the change that fell down from the ceiling. It's about the change that come up from the floor. It's about the change that every breath that you took in for the last five minutes was clearer, better, and stronger because God was in the house and he was doing something that you had no idea what was going on, but you was feeling a whole lot better now than you did when you came in. Amen. Hallelujah. I already preached that part. I'll go on to the next page. <laughs> I'm going to give you some ingredients to breaking down spiritual barriers. There are three things that a minister needs to do constantly. He needs to provoke revelation. He needs to provoke inspiration. And he needs to have enough knowledge and discernment within himself to speak out impartation. And if he is not well enough in his own spirit to speak out impartation, then he needs to go back by the brook of Chitterth and get fed by some ravens. That's just how it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hallelujah. What is revelation? Revelation, according to the word of God, is the revealing of things that are not known. The revealing of things in the future, the understanding of things in the past, the acknowledgement that the scripture is unfolding and becoming living right before your eyes. What is inspiration? You cannot be inspired by something that is ignorant. You do not get inspired by something that has a lack of knowledge. Inspiration comes from the gift of knowledge. The gift of knowledge comes from the Word of God. The Word of God is constantly revealing itself to you. So upon your revelation, you should feel inspiration. If you get a revelation and you are not inspired, it was not a revelation from God. It was a revelation of ignorance, and you need to throw it away. Amen. So if you've been reading and pressing and praying and searching and waking up, making toast at three in the morning after you had a full meal, you are searching for something that is trying to inspire you beyond what you are existing in right now. And you are uncomfortable in your own spirit. You are uncomfortable in your own mind. You're uncomfortable in your own situation being shipwrecked and thrown aside because God is trying to elevate you from your shipwreck to your destiny. Peter was shipwrecked on a, the island of Milan. That word translates to honey or sweet place. Oh, I love honey. Me too. In the middle of his shipwreck, whenever he was out on the sea and thrown and cast aside, he was shipwrecked onto a sweet place. Somebody say shipwreck me to a sweet place this morning, Jesus. 
You may feel like that your boat has holes in it and you're about to sink to the mighty depths, but God is trying to shipwreck your situation into something better. Somebody praise God this morning. Somebody bless you. You're holding on to the sails. You've got buckets trying to pull water out of the boat. You're telling Granny and Mammy and everybody else to put their foot in the hole in the bottom of the boat so the water don't sink it. And God is trying to shipwreck you into a sweeter place. Come on. You are holding on to the same old ignorant boat trying to sail on the same old rough sea and God is trying to shipwreck you into a sweeter place. Somebody bless God this morning. Look out now. Look out now. I see some shipwrecked people getting ready to say, pull the cork out, mama, let this thing go. I see some shipwrecked folks say, come on, let's cut this dude in half and let it drop. Where are you going to take me, Jesus? Come on. Amen. Hallelujah. God is trying to shipwreck your own predetermined thoughts out of your own predetermined destruction so that you can get the mind of Christ on and get into the sweet place. Get into the place where you're going to be taken care of. Get into the place where you can receive instead of instead of having to give all the time. God's trying to get you to receive something. Whew, hallelujah. Some of us have been doing a lot of giving. And we think the more I give, the better off I am. Because the word of God tells me that it is better to give than it is to receive. That is in the trading table of man. That is not the trading table of God. You can't outgive God. You can't outbless God. You can't outlove God. You can't outthink God. And you certainly ain't going to outdo God. So quit trying to outgive God and start receiving from God. Get a hold of that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We think I'm going to trade with God like I trade with man. Wrong idea. The currency of heaven is a whole lot different than the currency of earth. The best time that you can bless God is when you're down on your knees, snotting, crying, pleading. Because he wants somebody who's got a reasonable sacrifice. Somebody that says, I know what I am. I know what I was. I know what I'm called to be. And I know what i got to walk through to get to where I'm called to. Somebody say, I'm called. Come on, I'm called. Revelation. Inspiration. Impartation. I'm about to impart into you a blessing from God. Not because of what I am doing, but because I'm professing and praising the word of God in the name of Jesus Christ. All we had to do this morning to change everything that was going on was stop thinking about what we were doing and just start blessing God. When you got to get to the point where the only thing you can do is praise God. You've got to get to the point where the only currency that you're trying to trade with in the throne of heaven is to say Jesus I love you Jesus I need you Jesus I need you to forgive me redeem me bless me hold me love me keep me close because it's in that moment 
that he's going to start coming down out of the ceiling and start coming up out of the floor and start walking through the doorways and passing through the wallways because whenever people start acknowledging God, that is the highest form of currency. That is the highest trade. That is what God wants most out of everything that he has created. He desires the love of man. So much so that he gave himself as a sacrifice. Do you realize that for 4,000 years, man had a broken relationship with God? That for 4,000 years, nobody but a few select prophets understood what the Holy Ghost was. That there was a high priest that entered into the temple one time a year to enter into the presence of God. And outside of that, unless you were Moses on top of Mount Sinai with a glowing face and an anointing that could kill you, you had no idea who God was. He was just a word. He was just a mystery. He was just a fairy tale. He was just a figment. And the real intimacy of God did not come to pass until the day of Pentecost whenever the Spirit of God came and entered into a room and decided to make a temple inside of you. Hallelujah. God desires a personal, intimate, loving, transparent relationship with you. And if you have put up walls before God, thinking that you are hiding your insecurities, thinking that you're hiding your failures, thinking that you're hiding your shortcomings, thinking that you can do it yourself, make yourself work hard enough, make enough money, stand tall enough, and preach loud enough, you are dead wrong. And the Spirit of God is going to wreck your predetermined thoughts into a blessing if you let him. Hallelujah. He's going to shipwreck you from your own self-destruction into a blessing if you let him. But you've got to start pulling the corks out of the holes of the boat so that you can sink and start believing and trusting. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Somebody say atmosphere. Change. When you walk into your house, you need to look at that place and say atmosphere. Change When you get in your car, before you ever look at your wife or husband and ask about the service, you need to look at that car and say, atmosphere, change. When you walk out the door, you can whisper it under your breath because the anointing is going to follow you. You need to say, atmosphere, change. Everywhere that you set your feet, you need to profess and change. Because if you walk in the same old stuff, you're going to get the same old stuff. But unless you start preaching change, unless you start preaching deliverance, unless you start preaching redemption, Unless you start fasting and praying about change, you ain't going to get no change. You're going to get the same old thing you had yesterday. Hallelujah. Impartation. Revelation. Inspiration. I'm here to inspire you to challenge yourself about your own relationship with God. And what is it that you're doing to prevent God from blessing you? You see, Legion, whenever he was out there hanging out with the dead folks, there was a big old storm that came between him and Jesus. Right. How many storms does Jesus have to pass through before he gets to you? Come on. Come on. He went through it anyway. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you look to Thessalonians chapter 5. I'm going to give you some instructions as to how to take this anointing, how to take this deliverance, how to take this word, how to take this power that you felt this morning. How many felt power this morning? How many felt change this morning? How many is going to hold on to that power and hold on to that change? I'm going to give you instructions. The first step is Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 16. Rejoice evermore. Yeah. 
rejoice evermore. Find the good in something. Find the positive outlook. Stop looking down on everything and start looking up on everything. Pray without ceasing. Verse 17. Meaning that in everything that you choose to do, you choose to have a prayer. And now prayer, we think that it's got to be some kind of homiletical, philosophical, elevated thing. It is a direct communication with God. That is how you can define prayer. It is a conversation. It is a mere mentioning of his name. It is a taking a pause and a moment to reflect on the Holy Ghost and Jehovah God and what he wants to do for you in your life. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Jesus Christ concerning you. Be thankful that you're breathing. Your breath may be labored, but be thankful that you've got it. Be thankful that you're walking. Your feet might hurt, but you've still got feet to step on. Be thankful that you've got a house. You may be two payments behind on it, but you've got covering over your head. So I'm just I'm talking to somebody this morning. Be thankful that you've got a car. You may not have enough gas to get from point A to point B right now, but be thankful for that thing because somebody's about to bless you with a full gas tank. I'm prophesying over somebody who don't have enough right now. You can take her to leave it if you want to. Hallelujah. Be thankful that you've got somebody to sit in a room with you. You may look at that same old person who got that same old frown on their face day after day, but be thankful that they are there because I know what it's like to live alone and in an empty house. Be thankful you got somebody in your house. Watch your toes. I'm going to nail them all. Quench not the spirit. When God tells verse, what did I say? That's verse 19. Quench not the spirit. That means if the Holy Ghost gives you an unction, He is about to bless you. God does not move without a two-way blessing. Sometimes a four-way blessing. A two-way blessing is as if I'm told to lay hands on this brother and I don't do it. I deny him his blessing. He did, I then deny myself my blessing and then I deny God his blessing and then I deny all of you your blessing because we know that when someone gets blessed it blesses me, blesses everyone else in the room blesses God and blesses a person so quench not the spirit if God's telling you to walk up and slap somebody with the Holy Ghost you better get up and slap them hallelujah Despise not prophecies. That's right. Despise not prophesying. I will get that word out. It'll get there. Meaning that exactly what I may have done to some of you this morning. I may have called out some of your dirty laundry. I may have aired some of your problems. I may have told you and 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 and, and uh, convicted you to a point at which you could have almost been offended. I may have named some things that you're doing in your personal life, and if you feel like I'm preaching to you, maybe I am. So receive it because it's not about you; it's about the territory. It's not about what you're doing in your life; it's about the change that you can have in your life. It's not about whether or not you're right or wrong. It's about growing and learning. It's about building yourself up in the Spirit of God and in the Word of God so that you can accelerate to a higher place in God so you can stop living the same mundane existence that you've had, being staled by the same food. It's amazing. You eat a T-bone steak every single night for months. It's going to get old after a while. 
it may be good, it may be sweet, it may be strong the first time that you eat it, but you keep eating the same old thing, it's going to get nasty. Yeah. Hallelujah. I got, a, I got a whole message on that one verse. I ain't even going to get into that. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Prove all things. Hope fast to that which is good. If it is a good thing, it's going to last. If it ain't, it won't. Simple as that. You get a hold of somebody you think is your friend, you think is your best friend, you think is your confidant, somebody that you can roll with, you're going to find out real quick over time whether or not that is true. There is only one thing that stands tried and tested through the ages. That is the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. Everything else dies. Everything else fails. Everything else falls apart. Outside of that, there is nothing you can truly rely on. Marriages go through peaks and valleys. Relationships with your children suffer. Sometimes they're good, sometimes they're bad. Relationships with your peers, sometimes you can have a... I had friends from second grade all the way up to my graduating year, and I haven't talked to them in six months. Talked to them every day for ten years. Things rise, things fall. Things succeed and things don't succeed. Prove all things and hold on to the things that are good. The only thing that we know for sure is good is the Word of God. Outside of that, everything else is temporary. So stop trying to hold on to something that ain't going to last anyway. Let it go. Be blessed. Jesus. Come on. Abstain from all appearance of evil. If it looks bad, don't do it. Oh boy, I gotta get away from that one. Look out, look out. Y'all can discern that for yourself. And if you don't have the gift of discernment, you pray about it. God will get you on that one. Yeah. And the very, and the very God of peace sanctify you holy. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved, blameless. Blameless ooh, unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Meaning that you're going to be somebody who has a good testimony. Right. Now something that I have done recently is I've learned how to use the big ears that Papa Bob blessed me with. And I start listening about certain people. And I tell you, there is a man in this room who I have never heard a bad thing about have never been spoken poorly about, even by the men that he arrested. And I've met two of them. Now that is somebody who decides to take and remove themselves out of a situation and put love into the situation. That man chose to love children that were not his, but took them in as his own. That same man was forgiving of the ignorance of a wild boy and a foolish daughter. And loved us unconditionally as if we came from him. That same man took a woman who was out of her mind, emotionally, out of her mind mentally a wreck distraught with grief and heartache and loved her through her circumstance come on that same man 
in every circumstance that I've seen him with, whether it be a violent and angry grandson or a violent and angry son or a violent and angry situation, can speak peace into a roaring tornado of chaos and soothe it. Hallelujah. That is the kind of testimony that we press for. That is the kind of testimony that we push for because that is what the anointing had called him to be and he fulfilled it. That is how you know that somebody is walking in what they are called to be in when they fulfill and become a peacemaker. God came to divide the land. We came to be peacemakers. God came to shake things up. We came to smooth things out. It is not up to us to pass judgment, nor is it up to us to decide whether or not who gets to walk in, who gets to go to heaven, who gets to go to hell, who's got enough money, who doesn't have enough money, who's worthy, who's called, who's not called, who's sincere, who's not sincere. Are you the word of God? Are you the divider of the thoughts and the intents of the heart? Are you the one that was saw the stars and the sun and the moon come into pass? Did you speak the foundations of the earth into existence? Then how then can you speak into anybody else's life about what the thoughts and intents of their heart are? Hallelujah. You're either going to prophesy into them or you're not going to say anything at all. You're either going to be inspired by the Holy Ghost or you're going to be inspired by the shut up. Hallelujah. Faithful is he that calleth you. Yes, he is faithful. Who also will do it. That means if he is telling you to do something, he's going to meet you on the other end of it. If God is directing you to go someplace in your life, he's waiting for you on the other side. He's not telling you to wander out into the wilderness aimlessly. When God pulled the children of Israel out of Egypt... He called them to the promised land. He was waiting for them at the Red Sea. After they crossed the Red Sea, he was waiting for them at Mount Sinai. After he, oh, hallelujah. After he met them at Mount Sinai, he was waiting for them inside of a rock where water would pour out. After he was waiting for them inside of a rock where water would pour out, he was encamped around them pouring manna on top of them when they had nothing to eat. After he had poured manna on top of them where they had nothing to eat, he was waiting for them at the river so that he could part it again so that they could cross over and when they got to the promised land there was a certain place called Bethel which means the place where God dwells and that place is where Jacob saw a ladder of angels ascending and descending straight from the throne of heaven. God is waiting for you in your promised land. If he is calling you out, he's waiting for you on the other side. Somebody bless God this morning. If God is telling you to move into something and do something, he's standing on the other side of your crossover saying, I've been here the whole time. Where have you been? Somebody, somebody praise God. Somebody praise God. Just slap you with the Holy Ghost. Slap somebody, tell them Jesus is good. Hallelujah. Now we come to the the, the the demand for the brethren. The request. This is what you all did for each other this morning. You fulfilled scripture this morning. Say, I fulfilled scripture. Verse 25 says, brethren, pray for us. 
I could have walked around the room one at a time and prayed for the people that God told me to pray for. But you all did it for each other. We could have lined up from one side of the room to the other and one at a time it. Or you could have had an intimate experience with God in which you listened to your own Holy Ghost, in which you listened to your own unction, in which you participated in your own gifts, in which you fulfilled your own calling to pray for each other. I'm here to deliver the Word. You're here to act upon the delivery of the Word so that you can get your blessing. Because I'm acting upon my calling. I'm getting a blessing just by standing here. But you don't get a blessing by me just standing here. You get a blessing by acting upon the word in which I profess. Because it comes from the word of God. It's been prophesied to you to pray for one another and bless the brethren. You fulfilled scripture this morning. Say amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Greet all the brethren with a holy kiss. I charge you by the Lord that is the epistle of the read unto them all. Whew, hello. I charge you. These are little bitty words. By the Lord, that this epistle be read unto all the holy brethren. Spread the gospel. Greet them with a holy kiss. That means if somebody comes into the church house, whether you know them or not, you don't give them a cold fish handshake. You don't give them the two cent halfway wrap around hug five feet away from you. How you doing? You don't give them the hey, how you doing? Turn around, walk away. You greet the holy brethren because they are here for the same reason that you're here. They're not worthy. They've been beat up. They need a blessing. Their life is falling apart and they need Jesus. That's why we're here. If we didn't need Jesus, we wouldn't be here. If we weren't called of Jesus, we wouldn't be down here. If we weren't desperate for God, we wouldn't come and be in the presence of God. So everybody's here for the same reason that you are. Nobody's got it figured out. Nobody's got the answer. Even the minister preaching to you, I'm here as a bridge, but I don't have the answer. I'm here to convey to you what the Holy Ghost inspires me to convey, but I don't have all knowledge or power, and this is the only religion on the earth where the leaders of it can admittedly say, we don't know, because it's God, not me. It's the one that called me, not the one who's doing the answering. It's the one on heaven, not the one on earth. It's the one above, not the one below. It's about Him. It's not about me. It's about His glory, not about my glory. It's about His power, not about my power. It's about His anointing, not my anointing. It's His healing. It's His love. It's His joy. It's His peace. It's His Holy Ghost, not my Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Praise Him for about 10 seconds there this morning. Hallelujah. Somebody say atmosphere. Change. Come on. And the last verse of that particular book says, May the grace come on of the Lord Jesus Christ 
be with you. Amen. Amen. Take it. Receive it. Deal with it. Read on it. Meditate on it. God is able. God is true. And God is almighty. And he's going to do for you what he promised you. Be blessed this morning in Jesus' name. Amen.